The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on the lab report, we're going to talk to Dr. Robert Fredrickson. We're going to talk all things magnesium, people. And magnesium, it's magnificent. Wow. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. Michael, you know every week after we're done recording, there's like an Easter egg all the way at the end? Yes. Do you think people listen to those? Do you think people listen to this show? Hmm, good point. Hello! Hi, Michael Chapman. How are you today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Patty Davis? I am crushing it and living my best life, of course. Wow, that's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That's a lot of crushing it. It's, it's hard. It's hard work. I bet. So, uh, this is a podcast. It's called mm-hmm. The Lab Report. It is brought to you on behalf of Genova Diagnostics. Thank you, Genova. Thank you. For all your support. Yeah. And uh, this is where we talk about some stuff like functional and specialty integrative lab medicine, natural therapeutics, testing, and the like. So what I hear from that is we talk about a lot of things. We do a lot of talking. Actually, there's no stone left unturned <laughs> on this show. Well, if you like talking about a lot of stuff, you've come to the right place. And hopefully, if you're returning thank you first of all hopefully you've like perhaps subscribe to this show maybe rate, follow yes. all that stuff and if you're new welcome and i know you're just sitting around staring at your phone so you might as well just hit that subscribe or follow or like or whichever button it is these days uh that'll really help us out give us some reviews too um it's always a good time that helps us out as well and uh if you have additional feedback you can send all of your feedback or questions for question of the day, you can send all that stuff to podcast at gdx.net. That's our email address. And finally, if you are a consumer out there interested in trying out Genova's products yourself, you can do that directly by going to connect.gdx.net. There you can order test yourself. And we have a very special promo code for you for some percentage off. Yeah, just right there when you're in the checkout, uh, just enter in the little box for the promo code uh, BrownFriday20. And, Wait, uh, what? Well, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, it's not Black Bra- Friday. <laughs> okay, everyone, ignore him. That is not the promo code. What is the real promo code, Michael? It's the Lab Report Twenty. <laughs> Speaking of Black Friday, do you got all your shopping done, all your, no. your deals. Are no. you gonna take advantage? No. Or are you gonna wait in lines? No. Are you gonna hit the no. big box stores? I hate shopping. I'm terrible at it. I'm the person who, like, on Christmas Eve, is going into the local convenience store, like picking up a bag of gummy bears and going, "Oh, my mother will love these." Like, what? You, I. You, but you do. You're a great <sighs> gift giver. I am, but How like, are, Christmas you're is a overwhelming. Great gift giver, but you're you don't like shopping. I hate shopping. That seems terrible. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I did see a Black Friday deal, hmm. and it, it, I jumped on it. Oh no! What did you get? Rollerblades. You did not. Did, did you get the pink ones? No. Oh. Anyway, enough of that. What are mm-hmm. we talking about? Who are we talking to? What's the plan for the day, Patty Devers? Well, you know, you and I have worked for Genova for a number of years. Man, and how many years? Like eight years. And then you and I attend a lot of the trade shows and conferences together. And in so doing, we do get to know a lot of the people in the space and the supplement companies and other labs and, and a lot of you out there who are clients or physicians and clinicians. 
And today we're going to speak to one of our friends that we met from one of the conferences. Yeah, Dr. Robert Fredrickson, really cool guy. Mm. It's always mm-hmm. fun to talk with him. Um, he has been in and around the supplement biz for quite some time. Yep. He's a chiropractic doctor. And so uh, we're going to get into magnesium. And we haven't really covered magnesium kind of in its fall. It reminds, reminds me of a very old episode we did kind of like called the entire MA yes. team about their favorite mineral. Yes. Um, and certainly magnesium has got to be mm-hmm. right near the top if not at the top and you're going to see why when we talk to him because it's just uh, a ton of information about how you're probably not getting enough magnesium and all the things that magnesium can do for you so um, there you go but i i will say what i'm looking most forward to is really picking his brain around the different types of supplements because we get that question a lot what kind of magnesium should i be taking so i hope we, we really dive into that here i'm looking forward to the fireball me too Patty Devers. Let's go. Let's do it. This is going to be big. Let's do it. We're going to talk magnesium. Dr. Robert Fredrickson is going to be with us. We're excited to have him on. Dr. Robert Fredrickson is a doctor of natural medicine, doctor of chiropractic, and a functional medicine consultant. He has spent his career not only treating patients, but also has been involved with several professional-grade supplement companies as a product educator. He not only educates doctors, but also patients and the public at large on research on natural alternatives to medicines. Medications, I should say. And Dr. Fredrickson hosts a podcast called The Fredrickson Health Show, where he interviews health practitioners from all realms of health, fitness, injury prevention, functional medicine, and integrative medicine. And he recently released his first book, Magnesium Answers, Unlocking the Secrets of Magnesium, which Yay. is very cool. So Yay. with that, uh, welcome, Dr. Welcome. Robert Fredrickson. Wow, what a, what a great introduction. And <laughs> yeah, I host a podcast, but it's nothing to this podcast. Oh, the come lab on. report is, you know, I'm serious. You, you guys put a lot of effort into this you guys have so much fun and it's educational and fun and it keeps people engaged and i was actually listening to some prior podcast earlier i was like gosh you guys do a great job oh thank you so much that's really sweet that's really sweet well you know i'm gonna toot your horn for a bit because you have just written your first book i mean that takes years of hard work it's called magnesium answers so so the question is why did you dedicate a whole book and your life for the past three years to magnesium and why should we all be equally obsessed okay so i've been a huge fan of magnesium for a long time actually ever since i was a teenager oh. i think i read in a bodybuilding magazine okay. no i did actually read this that magnesium is such a big molecule that you're probably not getting enough in your multivitamin mm-hmm. so i read that and it kind of just you know stood out to me i was like oh i should be you know taking that separate and so i was already doing that and then you know i get to chiropractic school and I started drinking a lot of coffee because it's kind of like a uh, prerequisite to to pass, right? You have to yeah, drink a absolutely. lot of caffeine to study. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed I was getting a lot of just muscle tension, like really, you know, severe, you know, muscle aches, cramping because of the diuretic effects. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe it's the magnesium. So I started increasing my magnesium and lo and behold, it got better. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and that's, you know, that's before I even knew about all the different forms, all the different types, which we'll get into. And then... In 2020, you know, we're at home, you know, and I still want to be productive and I still want to help, you know, educate. So I'm doing videos on magnesium online on TikTok, mm-hmm. actually. Nice. And so if you guys have been on TikTok or ever tried that, sometimes videos, you don't know what's going to happen, but sometimes a video goes viral. And yeah. when that happens, it's like a Boom. whirlwind of of comments, of questions. Um, I always got a little anxiety, a little stress depleting, magnesium depleting anxiety. Because <laughs> when I when I would open my phone, I was like, "Oh my gosh, there is hundreds of questions over Aww. magnesium." And it was always, you know, what type should I take? 
what form is good for this? How much should I take? What foods are rich in magnesium? I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. So I decided, you know, back then I'm going to start writing a book. I didn't know how to do that or how right. I'd allocate time, but I just, I knew I was going to write a book and make a resource. Nice. And that was in 2020. So now it's, you know, three, four years after that point. Right. And so I've been um, dedicating time in the mornings and the afternoons. Um, I have a little kid, so it's been a, oh. a lot of time to <laughs> yeah. uh, allocate to extra yeah. to, to writing this thing. So I was so, so finally happy to get it released this year. It's just a big, you know, burden that I was a big project that I was just so happy to complete. Aww, yeah. Congrats. Congratulations. Yeah. And I mean, I, I get it. Like, I think there's probably six books that I've outlined and haven't ever started. You know, I just, <laughs> just true. because of how difficult that process really is and what kind of commitment it takes. So good on you. But um, even still like magnesium is involved in like hundreds of things in our body. So if you're going to write a book, there's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of information there, right? Right. right. So we're going to get into some of that. Yeah. And also, today. also way to handle the anxiety with TikTok. That anxiety has actually <laughs> ever prevented me from ever posting so anything true. on any social media front for the most part. Well done. Yes. It's just, yeah, you never know what's going to, you know, you know, go viral. Once a video does, you know, it's like one video got 2 million views and it was wow. just like calm and after calm. And wow. I was like, and because, oh, you know, gosh. you want to be, you know, respectful yes. and you want to help as many people as possible answer the questions. But, um, you know, eventually, oh, my gosh, it was just uh, it was too much. So, <laughs> well, let's get to the, the, the macro question first. Um, I, do you feel like most of us indeed are deficient? And like, what are some of the symptoms, signs, clinical associations? How would we know if we're deficient or not? Yeah, so we always hear that, you know, half the population, no one has the exact um, average for how many people are deficient. But I believe most people are deficient mm -hmm. because when they actually say that, hey, 50 percent of the adults U.S. population is deficient, they're actually going off the RDA. So the recommended dietary allowance, they're actually saying, hey, like they're not even meeting that. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll get into, you know, what I actually think we actually need a lot more magnesium than what the RDA says. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I actually think a lot more deficient than what people are actually quoting wow. on, online and on social media. But um, some of the signs and symptoms of magnesium deficiency could be muscle pain, muscle cramps, eye twitching. Mm. It could be headaches. It could be, you know, frequent migraines. It could be, you know, arrhythmias. Right. It could even be like some more severe signs, you know, um, like calcifications of the arteries. Um, the list is really on and on. Constipation is another big one. Right. Um, my thing was always muscle pain. I, I always knew like if I was really achy muscle pain, like I used to always have these knots in my shoulder blades. And when I started taking magnesium very consistently, it all went away. And mm -hmm. I always know that that's kind of like my warning sign. Hey, like when that muscle pain creeps back up, you know, you know, I didn't, I forgot my magnesium yesterday. Oh, wow. that was it. So, right. but you know, anxiety, stress, sleep is such a huge one with magnesium. I mean, um, there's over, you know, 300 different signs and symptoms of magnesium deficiency. So it's really hard to, you know, pinpoint one or the other, but really there's a lot of correlation mm -hmm. with magnesium and a lot of the root causes that, you know, Genova is identifying looking for, cause it's a, enzymatic precursor um, for over 600 biochemical reactions. And actually, that's actually more. We used to always think it was 300 mm -hmm. and the research is constantly emerging and changing. I mean, it's involved in carbohydrate metabolism, fatty acid metabolism, mitochondrial ATP synthesis. I mean, the list goes on and on. Well, and I was also thinking, what? sorry to interrupt, yeah. but, you know, not only what you're talking about as far as the RDA levels probably being lower than what we would consider to be optimal, but I also wonder about the populations that they're studying in mm. those types of studies as well. You know, it probably doesn't take into account 
I presume it's not the most diverse set, you know, representative sample size uh, when they're looking at that. But I don't know. I haven't looked into it that specifically. So they're basically in a lot of the studies, they're saying, hey, like people are not meeting the 420 milligrams um, for men, 350 milligrams from food for women. Hmm. And so and actually there's a study by Dr. Andrea Rosanoff and she actually said, hey, the RDAs were established in 1997. And unfortunately, body weights have increased drastically since right. that point. So just for the body weight equivalent to stay in balance, it actually, it's actually a lot more, like 150 to 200 milligrams more than the RDA for most people based on that fact alone. Mm, that's super interesting. And But then you just brought this up, right? So isn't there magnesium in our food? And if so, which foods? And is it that these are foods that we're not always eating or not getting enough of? What are the foods? So this is another very complicated topic and there's a lot of nuance behind it but one we always hear that our foods are not as nutrient rich as before so yeah mm -hmm. there is declining nutrition in our foods based on soil depletion nutrient depletion you know so you can take an apple today versus an apple 50 years ago it's gonna have less nutrients mm -hmm. mm. and i'm not saying you shouldn't eat the apple you should still eat the healthy <laughs> right <foods>. the garbage <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and but it's just saying it's going to be harder to get the amount of magnesium uh as we once did, but not to say we shouldn't, you know, we should throw the baby out with the bathwater because mm -hmm. that's the big, you know, part of the book is, hey, still eat the foods, still right. eat the nuts, the seeds, um, grains, spinach. Um, my, some of my favorite magnesium rich foods are uh, pumpkin seeds, mm -hmm. yes. sesame seeds. I mean, they're magnesium rich. Um, there's actually a big correlation between fiber containing foods and magnesium. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the things I outline is that the Mediterranean lifestyle, you know, is one of the most well-studied diets for um, health and longevity but a big part of the of the diet is, is fiber but also magnesium and i don't know if anyone's ever kind of made that connection hey there's a lot of magnesium in the mediterranean lifestyle and where people tend to live a little bit longer than other mm -hmm. diets right. so mm -hmm. right no that's good and one of the things too as you were making that list you said pumpkin seeds and the first thing that came to my mind actually weirdly was the ketogenic diet um, because having, you know, going through the ketogenic diet, one of the things that you'll commonly see is people can be short on electrolytes and especially magnesium. Uh, and so that's where pumpkin seeds or some other form of a nut or seed that's uh, hopefully lower in carbohydrate for ketogenic people um, to try and supplement that. But it's mm. so hard on that diet. Yeah. And then also our water supply, you know, most of our water has been desalinated. They've removed the salt and other minerals. And so we're not getting the minerals that we once did. And mm. So it's really an uphill battle. And then don't even get me started because there's certain, you know, ingredients in foods like um, phytic acid and oxalates that do compete for absorption. But again, don't fear those foods just because of that reason alone. Uh, there's a lot of different nu nuance that goes into this. Agreed. So Agreed. Um, yeah. we should eat magnesium rich foods as much as possible. But unfortunately, just with all the dis different competing factors, it makes supplements almost um you know, a necessity. We have to almost supplement to get to an optimal balance. There yeah. might be some people out there who have no stress. They have no depleting factors. You know, they have no kids. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have kids and they, you know, they were big stressed. You know, I love them to death, but they definitely made me go through a lot of my magnesium storage mm. on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder, do, is there also this uh, bioavailability concern with different foods? Are there certain foods that have more magnesium that's kind of easy to digest, absorb, and, and get more intracellularly? Or is it pretty simple when it comes to magnesium? No, it's not simple at all. That's, that's a great question. Yeah. So you, you would see like, um, let's say a spinach salad. I mean, spinach is a great source of magnesium, but it's got a lot of oxalates in it. So you would have to, you know, 
some of the studies say you only get 30 to 50 percent of magnesium from food mm-hmm. where you know you might get you know more bioavailable from a from a grass-fed steak or from salmon more bioavailable just in a lower amount mm-hmm. but really you know the whole point is just eat as much magnesium rich foods which is typically just unprocessed foods you know whole foods you know fresh foods and you know eat eat them multiple times per day as much as you can and start early and so some of my kids favorite foods because kids are really hard to uh to get magnesium (laughs) but um they love bananas and they love uh, we do do smoothies i do um flax seeds chia seeds with them just sneak a bunch of different magnesium rich foods in their diet and uh, that's that's a great way black beans is also another good source of magnesium as well nice nice nice. that's good well and i mean it's also really good that uh processed dino nuggets and uh, mac and cheese are really high in magnesium (laughs) i assume (laughs) that's all they eat that's all my kids eat (laughs) well that is so true that is so true let's let's talk brass tacks so if the rda is insufficient in, in, in their recommendations and all of these factors that you just brought up, Dr. Robert, what, how much do you think we should be getting every day? If we're all like not deficient or insufficient and, and RDA is not good enough, what are your thoughts on how much should we be getting? Well, we're on the lab report uh, podcast. I, <laughs> I have to say we have to test, don't guess, right? So, it's so part we, of the contract. Should, yeah, it's part of the contract. Uh, no, but you, you know, seriously, everyone is, it's gonna differ, it's gonna differ between individual, um, you guys have an amazing test, the NutriVal test, which shows um, so many different pathways that magnesium's involved in. Mm-hmm. And so if you're deficient, it's going to show, hey, like, this pathway has an error with, with magnesium, MG, that you're not getting. So maybe that conversion is not as optimal as it could be. Um, but what I always say, if you're def- highly deficient, you're probably you know having all these signs. You're low on a serum test or RBC test, which we'll talk about here in a second. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be taking a lot more magnesium than the RDA. Mm-hmm. And so... Right. Um, magnesium in general is very safe. You, I mean, it's very hard to build toxic levels if you have normal bowel and kidney function. Uh, but of course, always work with a health pre- uh, healthcare practitioner if you're, you know, doing this on your own. Of course, you know, go through a doctor first. Don't just, you know, take my word for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, you mentioned it uh, a little bit. So I think one of the issues that a lot of people run into or a lot of my patients have had issues is uh, tolerance. Um, and I know that there's different forms of magnesium that we'll talk a little bit about. But uh, where is the what, what is that threshold for getting someone sufficiently um, re- repleted with magnesium and working with that bowel tolerance issue? That's a great question. So since, you know, it's really hard to build toxicity, if you take too much magnesium, if any form, you probably will have a bowel movement. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like a fail safe with magnesium. Uh, but studies actually show that if you're trying to, you know, build up, you know, your your magnesium balance, you should be taking magnesium multiple times throughout the day, not just all at once, not one big bolus dose, but, you know, spread out evenly. And that actually will help saturate your cells faster, more efficiently, and you won't excrete as much through your kidneys. Got it. So, but yeah, um, yeah but there are different forms we'll talk about that have different yeah. bowel effects, but um, yeah. In my experience, if you're taking a form that makes you do that instantly, you might switch it up unless you need that. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of different um, nuance behind the different forms, mm-hmm. which everyone wants to know about the different forms. I know. And we're, we, <laughs> we are question. right there with you. We're going to find out because we need to know, too. But before that, you, you mentioned, you know, test, don't guess. And, and you also mentioned at Genova, right? We do have things like the NutriVal or metabolomics. And we measure magnesium in many different ways. The functional assessment, like you just said, looking at cofactors and biochemical pathways by looking at things like amino acids or organic acids. 
We also measure it in RBCs. Most doctors will measure it in serum. What is the best way to get a good measure or a sense of the body's stores or needs? Is it a combination of all of those? What are your thoughts? Yes, I think so. But there's a lot of confusion with this, unfortunately. And it's just there's a lot of confusion behind magnesium for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But the serum magnesium test is only you know less than 1% of the actual magnesium in your body. Mm -hmm. And your body is always going to, since magnesium is critical for mitochondria and so many other different pathways, your body is constantly utilizing magnesium from the bones, from the soft tissue to keep magnesium in balance. And so you might, you know, it's very hard to tell deficiency on a serum test. Um, and also the range, as, as we talk about, like the normal versus optimal, more mm -hmm. of the functional ranges is usually off. And so that's actually been proposed to actually change the interval range to a little bit higher amount. Um, one of the research studies shows about 2.06 to 2.33 is kind mm -hmm. of the optimal range for serum magnesium. Mm -hmm. um, but one of my favorites is what you guys use is the RBC magnesium because mm -hmm. that's actually a true saturation rate of how much magnesium is actually getting into the cell membrane. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of where it's having its magical functions. It's an intracellular, you know, cation. So that's what you, you want magnesium inside the cell. Yeah. And so that's a great measurement. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. People get so confused uh, as far as the fact that those are really two completely separate tests. You know, the serum magnesium and an RBC. This, the body is keeping the blood in such tight homeostatic control that if that gets off, you're in big time trouble, whether it's arrhythmias or things like that. But it's that's sort of the fail safe. It's pulling from all the other tissues. So the first place it's going to show up is like in the RBC, I would assume. Yes. And so but so I like both. You know, I, I still, you know, serum, it, it does. It does have its issues, of course, but you can still get some some answers there. Because I, I was um I always test my serum on RBC. One of my labs actually showed my serum had drip uh, dropped down a little bit, and mm -hmm. I, I'm assuming that was from writing the book and all the stress that I was <laughs> under because uh, stress can deplete magnesium. But my RBC it actually was still creeping up in the oh, right direction, which oh, okay. showed me hey this serum was down a little bit, but my saturation was still going in the right direction. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right, Michael. If if your serum is really low, I mean, in a clinical hospital setting, I mean, that's going to be, you know, more of an acute situation for getting that back up because mm -hmm. that can cause some, some pretty significant issues. So what about different deliveries? I mean, most of us are thinking, you know, whether it's a multivitamin or things like that, but uh, you can also have topical magnesium and you, even uh, I've had IV magnesium uh, before as well, like in Myers cocktails and things like that. So uh, can you talk a little bit about the different delivery methods? Definitely. I think um, getting magnesium for as, as many different sources as possible is a great idea. So first there's oral supplements that you can take. There's, and there's so many different forms. We'll talk about that here shortly, but then topical, like topical magnesium chloride is um, a fantastic way for sore muscles. Also for maybe someone who's having, you know, intestinal permeability issues, malabsorption issues, maybe they're older, lack some of the stomach acidity. And so I think, you know, getting magnesium from as many different sources as possible is, is a great idea to stay in balance. Also, Epsom salt mm. is, you know, magnesium sulfates, sometimes magnesium chloride, depending on the brand you get. And um, I do that, you know, a couple times per week mm -hmm. just to kind of really saturate my body. Um, we used to think that we didn't we, we didn't really know how much absorption we were getting from the topical applications, but research is showing it's it's clearly working. I mean, it's clearly you know changing lab values and getting you know people's symptoms under control. And so for my kids, for example, you know they don't they can't swallow pills yet. They're three and um, seven, and so I'll do you know magnesium sulfate in their bath a couple times per week. I sometimes give them like a magnesium gummy, um, but that's how and also from food of course, but um. A million different ways to get magnesium and if you know you're struggling and if your magnesium levels aren't going up from an oral 
you know, maybe you should try a topical or a combination of both. Hmm. All right, let's get into the part that everyone wants to know because you touched <laughs> on it just just in that little I want to know all of it, Patty. Well, here's where we're going. So you just mentioned, so we're going to talk about all the different types of magnesium supplementation. And there's a lot. And this is probably who's blowing up your TikTok, if I could <laughs> guess. So you just mentioned mag sulfate, which is Epsom salts, which you can soak in. It's ideal if you just want extra, it's just put it in your bath water, soak your feet in it if you can't swallow a pill. You also talked about mag chloride which is topical, like for, you know, if you need to get more magnesium or for sore muscles. But let's talk about some of the others. And I think coming from a hospital setting, what was often prescribed in conventional medicine was magnesium oxide. So when would you use that or why would you choose that one or not? So I'm not a fan of magnesium <laughs> oxide. I've kind of changed my tune a little bit because I, I do believe any magnesium is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. But so there's different categories of these. Um, so first off, magnesium is a a highly reactive mineral it's got a two plus you know charge so it's going to be searching around to something to bind to it, it wants to bind to something and so with the minerals in the different forms there's the inorganic forms which are non-living matter like oxide hydroxide and carbonates and then there's the living matter in the organic category and that could be like um torate citrate hmm. malate and then there's these new um, amino acid ones are, you know, they're now forming complexes with, and that's kind of the organic soluble complexes like the bisglycinate or glycinate, three and eights, mm -hmm. et cetera. So mm -hmm. anyways, with that being said, oxide is typically the most widely available magnesium out there because it's cheap. It's yeah. very, it's affordable, um, but it's only got about a four to 8% bioavailable um, absorption rate, which is pretty low. Mm -hmm. Oxide is great if you need help going to the bathroom because it's going to quickly uh, disassociate, you know, ionize in the gut, cause loose stools. Um, and another interesting thing that I've just come across in all the research with magnesium is that a lot of the research is actually done on magnesium oxide mm -hmm. because it's so widely available. Mm -hmm. And it still gets good results, but I just th think, like, what if they used a better absorbed form? Like, what kind of results would they get with that one? Yeah. You right. know, so. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, <clears throat> I have also used uh, in the past uh, magnesium torate quite a bit for specific patients. Can you speak a little bit about when somebody might reach for the torate as compared to some of the other ones? Yeah. So torate is is an amazing different compound. It's great for cardiovascular health. It, you know, it's bound to the um, non-essential. Now they're calling it the essential amino acid uh, taurine. And it's, you know, magnesium in general is great for cardiovascular health, but it seems like when you bind it to something that has kind of like a synergistic effect like taurine it seems to you know accelerate the mm -hmm. benefits and so with the with the taurate it's you know it's being studied a lot more now independently and um unfortunately i don't really see that a lot in, in the world that i'm in but i do like taurate for this cardiovascular benefits yeah gotcha. i think another one of the most commonly used ones that you see you know if you go to a vitamin store um, is citrate, you know, whether it's your CalMag, like oftentimes is people are like, oh, I'm taking a CalMag and it's a citrate and like I'm taking like 800 milligrams of it or whatever. And can you speak a little bit to like maybe the limitations of the citrate? So citrate is a, is a form that you typically would see for um, causing constipations or inducing a bowel movement. It's better absorbed than the oxide. It does, you know, have better absorption rate, but typically people will use this in higher dosing to help them induce a bowel movement. Nothing is wrong with citrates. You know, I think we do need magnesium in our bowels, um, but it's just one of those that quickly, you know, disassociates, better absorbed than oxide, but it still causes that bowel flushing. Now, if you need that, it's great. If it doesn't cause the bowel movements, then you're probably still safe to take it. 
Um, it's uh, it's better absorbed than the oxide, hydroxide, and carbonates, for sure. What if someone needs the opposite of that effect? And I'm just asking for a friend here. What <laughs> uh, form would you go for? So a very gentle form is magnesium glycinate, glycinate, bisglycinate is also the other name. Um, it's bound to the amino acid glycine. It seems to have just a very gentle um, GI effect, which means it's going to be better absorbed because it's going to this peptide receptor. So it's kind of a different absorption route. Mm. And that is typically the one I recommend for people who are just new to starting magnesium. Mm. Um, one thing to look out for, because I'm now magnesium is very trendy, right? So in this in this world we live in, sometimes these trends will you know get different companies out there you know trying to cut corners. And so I'm seeing a lot of not a lot, but I am seeing some companies do do a buffered version of magnesium glycinate so basically they're putting in magnesium oxide which has a high elemental value so a lot of magnesium but a poor absorption rate mm -hmm. into that product so if that's the case you might actually have some bowel issues with that because oxide is going to be quickly disassociated got it uh, but magnesium glycinate is kind of like one of the best well tolerated best overall forms out there mm, in my opinion well when i think of glycinate or glycine i think of like a calming effect does it also have that kind of effect when paired with magnesium yeah exactly so you know magnesium is is um calming it's kind of like known as the chill pill the relaxed mineral it's great <laughs> for that. you know inducing the parasympathetic tone and then glycine is neuroinhibitory so it's you know one of the neuroinhibitory transmitters so paired together i mean you're gonna have great effects for stress for anxiety for sleep. There's even studies on magnesium glycinate in particular looking at um, restless leg syndrome in pregnancy. Hmm. And so there's a lot of different, it's more of the relaxing um, uh, form that you'd look for, but you can also take it during the day. And so I take a blend in, during the morning that has malate and glycinate together, and it's not going to make you fall asleep, but it can help with deeper sleep. And I've seen that from so many people say, oh my gosh, I sleep so good when I take magnesium glycinate so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nice you mentioned malate is is there certain reasons why you would pick a malate or a lactate over the ones we just discussed so uh, first off find a magnesium that works for you and, <laughs> yeah. and kind of stick with it <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's like my biggest thing because we can always get you know oh i need all the different forms i need 10 different types in one supplement and um first off magnesium is what you want then finding something that it pairs, you know, synergistically with is the second kind of like side hustle mm -hmm. of the magnesium product. But um, magnesium malate is kind of probably my favorite one because oh. of my, I guess, my chronic injuries that I've had throughout my years um, playing sports. But um, magnesium malate is great for just providing energy. Mm. It's part of the Krebs cycle. Right. Um, it's going to provide right. um, great relief for chronic pain, chronic fatigue. It's, you know, it's going to help with ATP production. Um, and it, it's just really great for um, fibromyalgia. There's a lot of different studies out there using magnesium malate in clinical research for fibromyalgia and for chronic fatigue. So mm. I take a blend of the malate in the morning and typically, I'll, I mean, if in a perfect world, I could take the malate in the morning, the glycinate at night, the three and eight when I need to study or to uh -huh. focus. Mm. So nice. but everyone's different. You have to find what works for you. And um, you could take, and I've also seen people take glycinate in the morning and malate at night. You know, everyone's mm. different. Yeah. Right. So, right. yeah. Well you, well, you talked a little bit about earlier, and Michael, you br you brought this up, that your your GI tract will react if you're starting to get too much magnesium. So is it possible to be toxic from magnesium, or does your gut sort of kick in and start to, to fix that, or are there other symptoms besides the GI, you know, increasing transit time, or, or, or decreasing transit time, I should say? Yeah, that's, so there's, so many people are different with magnesium, and sometimes you take a magnesium product and it might cause a bowel movement. Maybe you're so deficient that the magnesium is just kind of doing its thing. So obviously don't give up 
at first, if you're taking like a, a great brand and it's a, a gentle form like the malate or glycinate and it's causing that back down the dose, you're, you may be taking too much at one time, uh, maybe try to switch to a meal and maybe try to space out your dosing a little bit. Hmm. Um, but it, it's rare. I mean, most people are deficient, um, but some people aren't, you know, some people, you know, that uh, that are doing everything perfect. They, they're listening to the lab report podcast. <laughs> they're, you know, they're testing themselves, you know. <laughs> regularly scheduled and um, they have a great doctor. And so sometimes people, that's not their issue. But a lot of times I've found that magnesium deficiency is a key player uh, for a lot of different health issues. And by correcting that, you can fix so many different things. That's always like the foundation for me is like, hey, what is your magnesium status? Magnesium. How are you staying in balance? Yeah. 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 Nice. I, I sometimes wonder too. So there's two, I, I keep wondering about a couple of these different things, but oftentimes people will be getting magnesium in like an electrolyte powder or electrolyte drink, which is also in combination with other minerals like mm -hmm. sodium. And so it's hard to know, you know, whether that bowel stimulating effect can sometimes be due to some of the other things like sodium that might be in there as well. Yeah. Everyone likes to blame magnesium for everything. So it could, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it could be something else as well. Um, and also, a lot of times, magnesium is not even tested. It's kind of like the forgotten electrolyte. So right. a lot of people don't even see that one, you know, on a standard lab test. Mm -hmm. that, so you have to usually add it in there. I mean, unless you're going to the advanced route with Genova. But on just like a standard panel, it's usually not even included, which is mind-boggling to me. But in my head, I was thinking, like, besides bowel, are there other toxic symptoms that we think of? But mm. it's really, it would probably just be limited by your gut, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. so... I guess a few things, I mean, main, first off, magnesium is very, very safe. Mm -hmm. um, but there's one condition that kind of like stands out to me. It's called myasthenia gravis. And so for that, if you have that, it's, it's a rare condition. You shouldn't take magnesium because it's going to, you know, you already have kind of flaccid, drooping muscles and it's going to, uh, you know, decrease muscle tone a little mm -hmm. bit. But for most people, most people, we have too much calcium mm -hmm. and not enough magnesium. And so that's, this is the whole thing. It's kind of like the zinc and copper, but even more more so mm -hmm. because these are macronutrients but um calcium is typically more excitatory and magnesium is more neuroinhibitory but unfortunately we get a lot of calcium from our diet hmm. we don't get enough magnesium on average so we're always kind of fighting that balance between those two yeah it's wild too because you oftentimes i mean most people that i've seen especially you know if they've been taking supplements for a long time and they you know they're the connoisseur at the the whole foods or whatever you see they're taking a cal mag <laughs> combination and you know to me and i know that oftentimes that's being recommended for bone health and things like that but what are your thoughts on on people just generally taking CalMag for their bones? Well, I think it's a if they're taking CalMag, if they're taking calcium and magnesium together, I think that's that's good because a lot of times what I see is the opposite. People are just taking calcium yeah. only, and they're yeah. taking like twelve hundred milligrams of calcium carbonate, mm -hmm. and carbonate, you know, it's it's basically the same material as drywall. I mean, it's not it's a very, it's an antiacid. It's poorly absorbed. Um, but too much calcium depletes magnesium. And so mm -hmm. you want to keep those in balance. And so for bone health products, you know, I like a, a ratio of two to one. One to one is what I you know prefer, but two to one is okay as well, which means like 600 milligrams of calcium to 300 milligrams of magnesium. 300 to 300 is also great, but um, you have to find that because I, I just think we just get way too much calcium, but not enough magnesium. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, it's that's, I, I agree with that. And so, Another thing, too, is I mentioned IV. Um, is there a time where you're talking to somebody and you're like, hey, you know, maybe it's time to go up to the, the IV center and, and 
get a little bit of extra magnesium or do you think maybe we're not that's a little too early for prime time well you know if, if someone is listening to this podcast and I, I would think there'd be someone who's like really invested in their health also practitioners and if someone's not getting their levels up and you've kind of like racked your brain with all the different supplements even the topicals it might be time to consider an iv solution um, but there's so many things that deplete magnesium that a lot of people don't realize. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it could be the stress, it could be the caffeine, it could be the alcohol, mm -hmm. it could be the calcium supplements, mm -hmm. but it could also be medications. And there's a lot of different medications that compete uh, for magnesium absorption and utilization. So if you're taking one of those medications, um, it could definitely be something, hey, like if you're super low, let's get you an IV, mm -hmm. let's get magnesium to your, your system. And I know several people that take, you know, weekly mag infusions, especially if they're being on, you know, prescription antacids, mm -hmm. um, Nexium, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different, or PPIs, I'm sorry, um, if they're on a PPI, a lot of people that don't realize that depletes a lot of nutrients, especially magnesium. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Michael, we've, I think we've beat up Dr. Robert pretty good on, <laughs> I've got types more of, questions. on the types of magnesium. Where else you want to go with this one? Well, when I take, so I do coffee just like you, sir. I've got the kids, so uh, that's how that works. Um, I also, when I take that, or if I'm taking fiber, you know, I always wonder like, okay, is my fiber interfering with the magnesium being absorbed? Is my coffee interfering with the fiber being, you know, like, when do I space this stuff out? And is there a connection between magnesium and fiber? Can you lay that out a little bit? Yeah, there is actually. That's a great question. Fiber actually um, can wash away or, you know, inhibit some of the absorption of magnesium. But again, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We should still be eating fiber-rich foods that contain magnesium. Just know that your absorption might be a little bit lower um, from that. If you're taking like a fiber supplement product, like a psyllium husk product with a magnesium product, that's maybe it's an inorganic bond, hmm. there's a good chance that that fiber is taking even more of that absorption away. Hmm. But if you're taking one of these, um, you know, more better chelated versions, like a true magnesium bisglycinate, the, the, the raw material supplier actually says that that form can withstand fiber, doesn't need stomach acidity, it's going straight to peptide receptor. Hmm. Um, so it, it just differs. But hmm. yeah, fiber definitely can inhibit some magnesium absorption. Nice. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it with my bentonite clay then. <laughs> Sorry, that's an inside joke. You're the worst. You're the worst. Well, Dr. Robert Fredrickson, you did not disappoint. We were planning to talk all things magnesium with the expert, and I think we had a lot of the things that yeah. you probably got on your viral TikTok video, the comments you had, and probably answered many of the questions our listeners had, and we can't thank you enough for your time. I want to encourage our listeners to check out his book, Magnesium Answers, Unlocking the Secrets of Magnesium, as well as the podcast, Fredrickson Health Show. But... Before we let you go, you've mm. heard this show, Robert, so you know what's coming. We have one last question <laughs> that I'm going to kick uh -oh. to Michael Chapman. <laughs> Do you, you know what's coming. It's the fireball. The it's fireball. a question so hot you can't even hold on to it. <laughs> uh, it's like a hot potato. So my question for you, sir, is actually the OG fireball question. What is the best sandwich on the planet? Mm. Oh, my gosh. That is OG. Way to go, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I'm bad at this stuff. I, on, wish, on the I wish we had the video recording to see the, <laughs> the agony of, the, of perusing that question. It's so great. <laughs> you know what? I'm so, I'm like, I just love food. So I just um, I, I would probably say you know a, a a sandwich with a lot of meat, like a turkey, bacon, avocado yeah. sandwich, nice. something like nice. that, with really good bread. Um, Can't go wrong with that. Reuben, how about the Reuben? 
I like Rubens. I I I, I, I I'll probably say more chicken or turkey with bacon and avocado yeah. for me. Yeah. See? Maybe okay. a little honey mustard. Oh, yeah. um, I think over the, over the the years, the Rubens probably been the most popular answer. Mm-hmm. Though mm-hmm. I would argue, really, for, I would argue for peanut butter and jelly. I'm more OG than you. I wasn't even thinking that. See? Yeah. yeah. See. That's because we left it when we were children, Batty. <laughs> <laughs> or did we? You just isolated most of the I'm audience out there, Michael. <laughs> uh, well, sir, thank you so much for, for coming yeah. on. And congratulations again on the Thanks. book. Again, you, it's you Magnesium so Answers, Unlocking the Secrets of Magnesium. Uh, where else can we find you, Dr. Robert Fredrickson? Well, hey, thank you so much, guys, for, for having me. It's, it's a big honor to be on the Lab Report podcast with so many other great guests. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate everything today. So if anyone's looking to find my social media posts on magnesium, they can find me on Instagram, um, Dr. Robert Fredrickson. TikTok is Fredrickson Health. And then my YouTube is Dr. Robert Fredrickson as well. Awesome. 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 Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so great much. Great to see you again. Thank you, guys. Hope, hope to see you guys soon at a conference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for something. sure. See you then. You know, you brought this up earlier in this episode before we spoke to Robert that you did that did that old episode where we called everyone on the team and asked a favorite mineral and yep. magnesium kind of came up as probably the favorite amongst mm-hmm. the team and now I see why right yeah I mean think about all those symptoms that as he started to list off a lot of those signs and symptoms uh-huh. it was like a checklist of like <laughs> what's this... going on in my body like <laughs> like my eyelid was like twitching and he's talking about migraines which right. I have like basically every other day yeah Michael I thought of you immediately and I was I was like here he goes he's gonna start asking questions about his own health yeah. to the guest yeah. but as someone who sits across from you and sees you every day I thought the exact same thing I was like I'm the poster child yes, apparently for magnesium yes, deficiency guess there's not a lot of magnesium and candy corn <laughs> next time on the lab report we're gonna talk to William Branham former Navy SEAL now a coach I mean talk about an inspiration this is gonna be great no doubt I always feel pretty terrible about myself when I hear resumes like that. I know. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. So I was driving through the neighborhood. Okay. And I realized that if you look around the neighborhood, all the houses and lawns that still have all their leaves mm-hmm. are also all the houses that have small children in them. And Wait. So I, I thought you already, didn't you already do your leaves? I no. saw you raked them all up and the kids were jumping at them. Oh, that was early. Oh, I mean, oh, you know, oh, they oh. keep falling throughout the whole season. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> well, I thought to, you kept on top of things. You are always yelling at Joe. I was thinking maybe you were on it. Let me let you in on a little secret here, Patty. Good. I am Joe. (laughs) Wow. Plot twist.